Hello and welcome to Tink, a podcast all about making, doing and the act of undoing that sometimes comes along with that. I'm Catherine Jane and you can find out more about me over at catherinejane.co.uk. There, there's links to all of my different social media sites and my Ravelry. So get in touch. I'd love to hear from you, hear your thoughts about the podcast and see what you're making. I hope you've all been enjoying the October month as autumn's truly settling in. The weather's been a bit up and down. Um, I know some mornings when I leave for work, it's pitch black and it's cold and it's wet and it's horrible. And then when I would leave work at about five o'clock, four or five o'clock, it'd be sunny and bright and I'm just like, what is going on here? And October has ended with this fog sort of descending and it sits all over the fields and it actually looks really beautiful. And I know, though, it's disrupted a lot of um, journeys, flights and stuff. So it's been a bit strange weather-wise. And I'm hoping that it kind of settles itself down. November's coming in. Winter's going to kick in soon. But, you know, it's a great time to get knitting. I always think that. Winter, you just want to sit inside and knit and get cosy. And it's a perfect time to then wear what you've actually knitted. So knitting comes into its own at this time of year. I really do think that. Speaking of knitting, I haven't been as productive as I would like in terms of my actual knitting, but at the end of this month I went to the Geeky Puffin Knit Palooza, which was held by Cece and Damaris of the Geeky Girls and Sam of Knit Run Dig. They hosted the event at the Giller Centre in Edinburgh and it ran from Thursday the 29th of October until Sunday the 1st and it was really great. I had such an amazing time. We all got spoiled rotten with um, free door prizes and events and like the food at the centre was incredible and I'm vegan and I do worry sometimes when I go to places to eat and I'm like I'm just going to end up with chips or something awful but they they made such an incredible effort Um, and just having the opportunity to spend three days, three to four days with other yarn enthusiasts, keen knitters was just fantastic. I don't actually go to a knitting group in my area, so I don't get the opportunity to hang around with many knitters very often. And it was just really lovely to be around people who share your passion and share your your enthusiasm and are just really supportive and encouraging of all your sort of creative endeavours. I was quite worried before I went that I would be like the rookie of the group. <laughs> I've not hand-knitted seriously for a long time, um, Probably about a year, really, since I graduated, I took up hand knitting more. I machine knitted while I was at uni, and that's what I did. Um, Though I learned to knit when I was young, about eight probably. I never really got into it properly. I think I tried to knit myself a cardigan when I was about 17, but I didn't do a gauge watch, and it ended up being too small, and I kind of tried to adapt the pattern too soon without really knowing what I was doing and it just honestly just did not work out so it's been in this sort of last year like I said that I've kind of thought I'm really gonna try with this I'm I'm gonna become it I'm gonna become a proper knitter you know um and yeah I honestly when I was there I didn't feel any sort of less of a less of a knitter or any less like oh I didn't deserve to be there or whatever And I had a great time. Um, So thank you to Cece, Damaris and Sam for organising that. To all of the teachers who helped us learn new skills. 
um, to Kate of A Playful Day for her brilliant social media talk, which I'll talk about. And just to everyone who attended for being so lovely. I had a great time. Thank you. <laughs> I have loads more to tell you about from the Geek of Nipalooza and all the things I got for the Amazing Yarn Crawl and all the goodies that I won while I was there. But for now, let's discuss my October goals and what did and didn't happen. So I thought I was being good with myself when I said all you have to do this month is socks. You know, just socks. Just sock knitting. Just want you to make four pairs of socks. Um, and I honestly thought that it would happen, that I would manage to get a pair of socks a week them, which actually was very naive of me because I know how slow a knitter I am. <laughs> honestly, I do think it's good to try and push yourself, though, because I ended up doing more than I thought I would. And I didn't end up just doing socks. I ended up finishing off something else as well. And in, in time for the retreat for the layer on cow. So I wanted to get that done. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to sacrifice a pair of socks to get this done. And that is kind of how it happened. I did get two pairs completely finished. Um, and then I've knitted one sock in a double knit um, that was meant to be for a pair of socks I was going to make for my little brother. And then I've started on another pair of interest sock yarn. And I've got like one of those socks nearly finished. So technically that's nearly three pairs that I got done. Along with finishing off the fair art tank top that I was doing. So I'll talk about this in a bit more detail now. So the fair art tank is a pattern from Claire Montgomery's, Montgomery's Knitting Vintage book. And I started that... It must have been at the start of September, and it is a big project to do, um, mainly because I kept going wrong, and I kept having to tink back and sort myself out. So when you're working the Feral colour charts, I was just getting a bit all over the place um, at times. I was knitting the wrong colour, the wrong pattern over the stitch, or, yeah, it just, it wasn't the easiest knit. When I got into the rhythm, it, it was fine. But then when you make a mistake, you often find out when you're halfway down the next row. And then you have to think it all back, which is never, never fun. But, it, I mean, really, it wasn't that difficult in it. You just have to sort of pay attention. And I found that because it was a feral thing and I was having to carry around quite a large project bag with, like, eight balls of yarn in there for all the different colour work sections, it just didn't take it around with me very much. I found it quite a hard knit to transport around and it required like a lot of attention so I like to kind of have like with like with socks like some sort of vanilla sock where it's quite easy knitting um, and then I like to have something that's a little bit more okay I'm in the mood to knit and I've got my knitting head on and I can sit and think about this and that was like kind of sit and think about this project um, but I didn't really have the time that I wanted in September to finish it off so when I got into October, I think I still had the front to do and then all the seaming and then all the sewing in because, ladies and gentlemen, this knit was knit flat and that means when you're doing colour work, you have loads of ends to sew in and that took that, that took hours, I think. It did take such a long time. I think if I did it next time, I might be tempted to work the body up in the round and then... Um, knit front 
shaping section and the back shaping section flat and then just seam the shoulders. I think that would have been so much easier than having to seam the sides, the shoulders, um, and then sewing all the ends. So, yeah, it went, it did go well, and I'm actually really happy with the finished thing. I did struggle as well with picking up my stitches around the armholes. It sort of really pulled um, on the sleeves and made them quite tight to the degree where I had to end up having a row less of rib on the armholes compared to the neckline because it was a bit yarn chickeny as well and it it was just too tight so I thought I'd just take off a row and then I can sort of cast off with something a more loose cast off and it'd be fine um, and it did work out fine I had to sort of re-block the shoulders as well because it sort of morphed the stitches and made it like poof up a bit but a bit of blocking sorted that out soon enough um, Thank God for blocking. I can't believe I was a person who once never blocked. Uh, but it really did sort it out. And I am really happy with it. I took some shots of it in a field near home, near my mum's home as well. And I'm happy with those. I think I need to edit them a bit and lighten them. But all in all, a happy, happy project. I have tons of the Shetland, color, Shetland Spindrift colours left though. So I had about... It must have been about eight colours that you knit the colour work in and then the main base of the jumper was a grey. So all the grey's gone, but I have loads of this other stuff left. But then from my machine knitting I have a lot of cone Shetland wool. Um so I'm thinking I might just take that off the cone and wind it into balls and knit something else similar. Maybe for me, maybe for Graham. I'm not sure yet who's gonna get what. But all in all it went really well. Apart from the tinking. <laughs> Speaking of Fair Isle, I managed to get Graham's Fair Isle socks done. So I used the basic uh, short row toe and heel toe up sock pattern from Wendy D. Johnson's book to Socks from the Toe Up. And then I used Lang Yarn, Yay Wall, Superwash, Solid. There we go. And I used a grey and a pale lemon yellow. Um, when we originally bought the yarn, we thought it was actually more mustardy, but it's turned out really nicely. I'm really happy with it. So I use that basic salt pattern, and then I sort of just designed my own fair isle designs and applied it as I was knitting up. I did the toe and the heel and the rib in just a solid grey, and then most of the fair isle was yellow with sort of grey patterning on. And I really, really like these socks. <laughs> they ended up being a bit tight though. I was using a 2mm needle which is what I typically tend to use um, when I knit those socks. And I think I probably should have just gone up a little bit to accommodate for the fact that the fair eye would just be knit a little bit of a tighter gauge. I didn't think of it when I was first knitting. I just kind of thought, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just do what I normally do. Um, that'll be absolutely fine. Um, but it affected it a bit, um, especially the bit where it goes around your heel. Um, that section obviously it's like the widest part of your foot around there and it just needs a little bit of stretching and a little bit of jigging to get it on but yeah I'm happy with those and then the other pair of socks that I finished were using the Regia Design line Arnie and Carlos Winter Night colorway um, and they're self-patterning socks and I, I was like on, when I first saw these I was like these are these are magical these are amazing 
and I used one of their patterns because I thought they're going to be the best people to know how to use the sock yarn and it was their free pattern which you can get on Ravelry and it is called let me just search around I have written it down it's called their cable detail sock but I actually chose to ignore the cable detail and just knit a plain vanilla sock um, these were cuffed down the first time I've knit a cuffed down sock so it went fine until I got to the heel and then it was like using German short rows and I've never used them before and when I first approached it I was just like looking and trying to read these instructions they were very basic instructions on the pattern I, I will tell you if you go for this pattern they assume that you know how to knit socks they assume that you know how to knit things and they just refer you back to their um, how to's if you don't so I actually had to go back to the how to's having never knit this um, German short row and then I had to refer to YouTube videos as well because I think I'm quite a visual person I have to see things being done and in like the 3d um, and explained for me to actually comprehend it I find it quite difficult just reading the instructions on their own as a way of understanding so once I looked at the YouTube videos it was fine it's actually not my favourite short row. Um, and I did a short rows class actually when I was at the Geeky Puff and Nipples, which I'll tell you about later. Um, yeah, I did find it quite difficult. And then I had to learn how to kitten stitch across the toes. So obviously, yeah, I'm used to toe up. Um, and that, that in itself is quite a skill, isn't it? I had to have a little YouTube for that. But it does look nice. I do like the way the, sh the toe decreases work. And I had a great time with it. Um, the only thing I don't like is the way the pattern has gone around the heel. So thinking about it now, I probably should have done a contrast toe, heel and rib. But I didn't want to buy more yarn. Um, but where I must have started in the ball. So when I first got the skein, it was 100 grams. And I separated into two balls. So, so when I knit, they're going to be matching socks. Or as close to matching as I can possibly get them. I'm a bit strange and I really like matching socks. <laughs> Um, people who use self-patterning and then just like a crazy pattern I admire them because I'm not that person I am too rigid um, <laughs> for that I realise that in myself though so it's fine um, so yeah when I was knitting around the heel it kind of didn't the pattern didn't then maintain so with the German short row I'll explain you sort of knit the first half of the heel then you go around the sock twice and then knit the other half of the heel and then that sort of going around the sock twice and then starting in the round again after you've the second half. The pattern doesn't perfectly match and it kind of irritates me and I wish I'd considered it more before I started knitting. But then saying that, I have gone straight into the next sock, which is using the same yarn but in the summer night colourway instead of winter. And I've done the same. Um, I just think it's the way it is. And the only way I'm going to combat it is to knit in a contrast and... I don't really want to be acquiring more yarn for just the heel at the minute so I'm just gonna deal with it um but like I said I am struggling a bit with the German short rows I tend to find that sometimes I get a hole um and I just and this was even after having the short row class where I, I learned how to do it properly and um, so maybe this sort of short row just isn't for me but um persevering and hopefully it will sort of figure itself out as I said, I'm about three quarters of the way, I'd say, through the first sock in the Summer Night colorway. So they should be done by the end of this month. Um, and then the other pair of socks I was doing, 
I kind of was flickering between two patterns that were free unravelry. Um, one was called the Rugby Socks, which you can find in my library. And I think the other one was called Breaking Waves. And there were double knit um, patterns from the toe-up. So I, I learnt the Turkish castor method, which that was really fun, actually. And I really like how that toe shaping looks. Um, perhaps more than I like how the short row toes look. So that may be my new preferred toe-up method. I have to try more though yet, so we'll see. But then I got to the heel and it's a gusset heel and I just can't get this to look right. Like I think I need to just practice a few times more and I am actually reconsidering what I'm going to do with this yarn for my little brother. So originally I was going to knit him mustard socks and then I was going to sew Jake the dog from the cartoon Adventure Time. Um, I was going to sew his face on them. So I bought, I had a 100 gram skein of this mustardy double knit and I thought, yeah, that'd be enough for two socks. Got to the heel of the first sock and soon realised that's definitely not enough for two socks. And I went to the local yarn store where, um, my local yarn stores aren't great, I'll say that first. And I went there and I'd bought this mustard ages ago, probably a year or two ago, so you know, it's been a while and I didn't take it with me to then go and buy the second ball and in between that space of time the dialogue's changed like I know it's definitely the same yarn but the mustards are very slightly different and it would annoy me incredibly to knit him two socks that aren't the same colour I mean it's really subtle the difference but I mean I might rethink it and make something else maybe a hat um and then use the other mustardy yellow to team with some grey that I potentially have. I've really got to sit and think about it. And Christmas is soon coming, so I need to hurry up and get on with it. So, yeah, October, I didn't get what I thought I wanted to get done. So not the four pairs of socks, but I'm pleased with my progress. I actually thought when I was at the knitting retreat, I would do a lot more knitting than I did. And it may seem silly that you go to a knitting retreat and don't end up knitting as much as you want. But... Um, yeah, I was just so busy with all the other stuff that we were doing that, and then I was just tired as well, that I just didn't manage to get everything done. But I'm happy with what I did, um, so I can't complain. I am happy. I didn't, I haven't done anything else creative-wise, um, oh, apart from, I am actually going to force myself to get back into machine knitting. So I've had a lot of thinking going on lately with what I'm doing so as some of you may or may not know I did a creative degree and I've been graduated for over a year now and I've always worked part-time since I graduated in an effort to try and keep being creative and try and find my way into forging a creative career it's been difficult because I'm not sure entirely where I want to go precisely like, I know I want to make a living being creative, help other people be creative and get making. And, I mean, that sounds quite broad, but I know that I love textile crafts, I love heritage, I love the, I love the arts generally. I'm really passionate about getting people making, embracing the craft, and it's just so good for you. I honestly believe that. It's so therapeutic, and it's just amazing. <laughs> honestly, I do love it, and I'd love to be able to teach people to knit, um, machine knit, and all sorts but after I graduated, I had made a machinist a collection for my final degree 
thing, um, de- degree collection, and it was inspired by the Hoadley Town factories, and it was quite visual, visual-based. It wasn't very tactile, and I kind of sort of went against what I thought I stood for as a textile artist. My whole dissertation was about how important touch was and how it's, it's an inherent quality of textile art and it's, it's needed. You need something that's tactile because that sort of tactile experience is just incredible. And I remember bits of my dissertation talking about tactility and how when something you interact with something, you build up a relationship with it in a way that none of your other senses do. And I think touch is this incredible thing. And then I created a collection of stuff that was so visual. It was all about... Um, how it looked and it it wasn't tactile apart from the combination of materials and different surfaces I didn't have like bubbles or cables or anything that you could touch and feel and I kind of then left uni really disappointed in myself because I hadn't stuck to what I wanted to do and a lot of that was um, because of time pressures as well Um, I remember I wanted to knit a diamond cabled sleeve sleeved cardigan and then in between the cables would be beads almost Tudor-esque and I did my swatch and then calculated how many hours it would take to then knit a sleeve which I think was getting on for like three days of working and I decided I can't justify that at the minute but now I'm not at university and I have the pleasure of making as and when I wish I am going to go back to it and I'm also really looking forward to November because um, I'm teaming up with Graham, my other half, and he's an illustrator, and we're going to do a project together, which I'll tell you about more in a minute. But I do want to try now to start spending a bit more time on my own work. So in this past year, I've been knitting loads, I've been knitting other people's patterns, but I think it's now time for me to start embarking on projects where it's my designs and my inspiration, and I'm really excited about that. And I'm, I feel like it's a big step for me because have shied away from doing sort of my own project-based things for a long time um and I'm, i am really excited about it i mentioned last month in the podcast that i went to hereford and we went to Brighton hall so i think i might start with that but i have loads of other things in the pipelines planned um for a while i've been wanting to knit items that are inspired by members of my family so i'm going to start designing those and knitting those up and um yeah, they're going. They are quite sentimental things for me, and I can't wait to start actually designing. And like maybe you know, things will happen soon. I just need to be brave, and it's quite scary when you try and put yourself out there. I mean, I'm not sure when I want these patterns to be released or anything like that. I just want to start on them. I just want to start. Um, so I think the first ones I'm going to start with are a pair of socks. And as I said, I come from a hosiery town, but my granddad actually had a hosiery factory. And I remember him always talking about like Z and S twists on the bobbins and how that affects the stockings that he'd make. So I'm going to make some socks in dedication to him. Um, yeah, he was a really inspiring man. And I, I never told him that while he was alive, which was, it was, I should have done probably. My granddad sort of, he worked in the hosiery trade in the boot and shoe industry, which was also big in our area um, at one stage. And he worked uh, as in the factory on the floor like other people and throughout his lifetime sort of built up a career and he managed to then own his own factory and lots of other property and a sort of self-made man. And I just find that really inspiring 
as a role model that's for for myself um and that knowing that someone so close to me and my family could do that it, it makes me feel like I can so he he was a really inspirational figure for me um yeah and I'm very very excited like I said to try and get designing and having these special links to people that in my family really does mean a lot um and for me like my crafting does come from a lot of personal stuff like I learned to knit from people in my family my grandmother my mother like without these sort of family connections I wouldn't I wouldn't have my passion for making and I inherited crochet blankets from my great aunt on my mother's side and that's why I decided to then make my own crochet blanket in the same stitch pattern as hers to to feel that connection to them and that's what crafting is for me as well it's a way of feeling connected to people and part of something and that's why the Geeky Puffer Knit Palooza was so great as well, to actually meet up with people and have the opportunity to share that love of making and doing. And I'm going to tell you some more about what we did while we were there in a minute. And then I'll head on to my November goals. So, yeah, there's lots to talk about in this episode. Right, so the Geeky Puffer Knit Palooza. As I said, it started on Thursday the 29th of October. Um, so I made the journey up. I think my first train was at 9.10. And I got into Edinburgh around 2 o'clock. So had a quick stroll through the city. Quick, about half an hour walk to the retreat centre. Um, after being on the train for that long, I kind of needed the, the fresh air. Um, so Edinburgh is a beautiful city. And my train journey... The sights out my window on the way up were incredible, honestly. Like, I think uh, I was sitting opposite this lady and she said, we were going through the Peak District? Um, no. Yes, it must have been the Peak District. And then, oh my days, I don't know, the more northern we got, the more beautiful the scenery became. And autumn has made itself well and truly um, embedded in the scenery just going past these like forests of luscious copper tones gorgeous deep reds it was it was incredible um so so beautiful and i was like taking pictures and sending them to graham like look look at this place we need to we need to come up north more often and i i felt that when i was in edinburgh as well like it's a beautiful city um and i'm i've actually never traveled that far north before i've never been to scotland and i think i'm gonna have to go back and also that's an excuse to go to the shops that we went to in the yarn crawl again as well. But on the first day we got there, um, we all arrived around six. So then, before six even, so then that's when our first sort of official event was, which was dinner. And as I said earlier, they really spoiled us with food. The food was incredible. Um, and then after dinner, we went into the sort of main hall that we were in and we had um opening ceremony and... In the opening ceremony, we had like a raffle draw for door prizes. So it wasn't enough that when we first got there, we were all given a bag of goodies, which included a skein of yarn that was dyed by Ginger Twist Studios. Originally, I had the pink and purple colourway that she'd done for the retreat, but I'd been seeing the grey and teal that she'd done, and I was like, oh, I love that colourway so much. Um, I'm not a pink and purple girl. Like, it was a bright pink and purple as well. And I'm, I'm into more subtle colours. I, I tend to wear a lot of grey, black, white, maybe. Um, yeah, and 
I just saw this colourway and I knew I had to have it. So it's um, her Swell You Sock and colour is Puffin. And it's 100 grams and it's 80% superwash merino and 20% nylon. And it is great for socks, obviously, because of that nylon content. But Sam has designed a cow pattern using this yarn. And when we got there, we were given free patterns by um, Cece. She designed a pair of socks. Um, Sam designed a cow. And then uh, Kirsten, who is Afia Designs, she also designed a pattern which was puffing mitts, so some colour work. So we got given those patterns. And also we got lots of free patterns in our goodie bags. Um, so voucher codes for patterns. It, it was incredible. And I've since come back and downloaded them. Um, I'll tell you what they are now. So I've been very kindly gifted lots of patterns. And they include... Uh, we got $6 off on Lee Full Knits patterns, so I chose her Zulu shawl, uh, Zulo, Zulo shawl, um, it's a beautiful lacy shawl, and I can't wait to knit it, but I do think it's something that I'm going to have to knit after I've knit a few more shawls, and I actually did download a lot of shawls <laughs> in the patterns, because we got options sometimes of patterns, um, so it's like one free pattern or money off vouchers. Um, incredible generosity from people in the fibre community <laughs> it is incredible, honestly it is so I also got uh, the Slovenia shawl by Catherine Steinhauer and Catherine was one of the three Catherines who was at the retreat with us if you go onto my Instagram there's a photo of us all <laughs> it got quite confusing at times when people were saying Catherine and you turn around and be like which one um, but yeah she's a She's a biologist, actually, but she designs knit in her spare time. And I don't know how she manages to find the hours in the day, but it's a beautiful shawl. Um, and so I've got that to do. And then shawls again is Pentland Hills by Claire Devine. And this is this is really nice. I think this is going to be one of the first ones I make out of them. And it's like a block colour and then it has this beautiful lace detail on the edge. And in the photograph on Ravelry, um, it's Jess from Ginger Twist Studios because her yarn's used as well. I, we got um, a voucher for Kettle Yarn Company Yarn, obviously. Um, so I've been looking and I really love her colourways. Um, I don't know what it... Just such beautiful colours and greys. I just love the greys. But I am going to be good and I'm not going to buy grey for this shawl. I'm planning to buy her fingering weight yarn for this pattern, um, which is 55% Superwash British BFL and 45% silk and it's her Islington range and I'm going to go for the navy indigo colour that's on there and also the icicles colour like I saw the icicles pretty early on and I was like that is a really nice colour um yeah I, I have a thing for like greys if anybody hadn't noticed and that became very apparent on the yarn crawl which I'll talk about in a minute but um patterns again I also got the apple pie hat by Tinker Knits and um, it's this beautiful like cabled over hat that looks like the lattice work of pastry on an apple pie and then I got the Grace Cardigan by Jane Richmond and in the prize um, ceremony where we got like door prizes I won a free pattern by Avia um, and I got her tesserae pattern which can be either done as like a full circle shawl or a half circle and it's inspired by like mosaic and I'm going to do the half pattern and it's like, oh, it's so nice. And she, the colours she's used in her photos are beautiful. It's like a purple, a deeper grey and a lighter grey. But I think I'm going to go for black, grey, white. Um, 
quite a stark contrast. So I need to get yarn for that at some stage. Um, but luckily, yeah, we have vouchers off of some yarn sellers. So they last until December. And after my spending at the retreat, I think um, they may have to wait a little while to buy more yarn. I want to try and get through some of these patterns. But yeah, um, I also got some money off um, for CC's design. We got 50% voucher. So thank you, CC. And I went and bought her strawberries and cream frappe sock pattern from her coffee inspired range i'd seen um knitting in france's instagram the other day and she'd knit it in a real nice pale pink solid and i was like oh oh i need i need to knit some socks that look just like that and then i f saw that we had the 50 percent off and i was like i'm i'm getting that that is gonna be my next pattern from cc because while i was there as well on the prize ceremony night I was really fortunate to win her pumpkin spice sock kit pattern. So it, it comes with everything. So I've got the voucher code for the pattern. Um, inside as well, there's a little uh, little poster, I'd say, that says, I love you more than pumpkin spice. A little soap that's um, pumpkin. Let's read what it says. It says it's a pumpkin spice latte goat's milk soap and a uh, lip balm in there as well. And then we've got a tea packet, um, chai pumpkin spice perfect, perfectly balanced flavoured tea. Oh, it's not, it does sound nice. And I do, I love chai lattes, so I'm, I'm excited to try that one. And then as well, um, we have little pumpkin stickers. It's in a beautiful project bag from Sam of Knit Run Dig with coffee things. And then they're telling us that the... The little coffee um, drawing on the tag, the zipper pull, is one that Damaris did and it's so cute. And also, and lastly, I mean most importantly probably maybe to knit a pair of socks is the arm. And it's this gorgeous double skein set. So if you go look on Cece's uh, Ravelry page, she designs in a Java pearl. Um, you'll see what the socks look like. So one sock... You use colour one as a main sock body and then colour two as a contrast for your toe and heels. And then the other sock, colour two is your main with a contrast of uh, colour one on toe and heels. So the yarn used is by Rainbow Heirloom Sock Yarn. Um, it's a super rush merino, 75% and 25% nylon. And uh, the colourways are orange peel and pumpkin spice. So the orange peel is just like bright orange and then the pumpkin spice... I'm guessing it's this way around, um, is more browny with hints of like pale yellowy browns in there. And I saw the socks on her stall as well and they're really nice. I think it's the one time where I actually don't feel too bad about not having perfectly matching socks. They're going to look great and I can't wait to knit it up. So they're the next pair of socks that I'm going to be making after I've finished the Regia Design ones. Oops, sorry, soap falling off my leg. So I won that, and oh my, I was so, so chuffed. Um, and then also in our goodie bags, we got given loads of free yarns, um, loads of mini skeins, which I'm not sure what to do yet. I'm feeling it's probably gonna end up becoming blanket of some descript. And we also got a um, double knit skein of Acadia, I think that's pronounced right, Driftwood. And this is a beautiful colour as well. It's, it's like a grey colour, grey stony, with flecks of white through it. Beautiful double knit, really soft. It's 60% merino, 20% baby alpaca, and 20% silk. 
and it's so like oh squishy squishy um so i'm gonna try and find a hat pattern for that i think and yeah i think that's it yarn wise so we had the opening ceremony where we won all these incredible prizes and then we just kind of stayed around got to know each other knitted and ready for the morning and then after breakfast i had my short row classes with um suzanne strachan she's a very knowledgeable lady and she creates beautiful designs out of short rows i'm quite naive and thinking like short rows stock heels short toes maybe on a shawl you know yeah, that there's your short rows i'd never thought about a short rows being a really decorative thing and she has some a really amazing jumper she designed with the short rows down the front and it was beautiful and like mohair um scarves with short rows in as well honestly so great so during this workshop we went through three techniques i believe um for short rows initially so we did the wrap and turn which i'm familiar with from my experience in it in short rows and then we did the german short rows which i've had a little bit of experience with through these regia socks but not an awful amount and it was really helpful um i think I was trying to pull too hard on my first set of socks and they were like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to pull that hard. You just need to make sure you can see a double stitch. You don't have to wrap the double stitch all the way around your needle. And then lastly, we did Japanese um, short rows, which turned out to be my favourite. But then while we were doing it, Cece came over and she showed us her method for um, short rowing, which is called the shadow stitch. But um, Terry kept calling it the stealth stitch, which I think sounds way more um, exciting um, so the self stitch, shadow stitch, is where you pick up um, from the row underneath and you knit it in. So you have like two stitches at one stage. And I actually really like that. And I'm really glad Cece came over and told us about that because that's what she uses in her sock patterns. So it saves me having to like Google it when I come to it. Um, but yeah, that was a, a really interesting class. And I feel like it helped a lot with me understanding how the short rows work and what you can use them for. Um, I think, like I said, I was a bit naive in the, oh, short row socks, mm, yeah, there you go. And it has so much potential for other stuff. And then while we were having that, there was a fair hour class going on, and that looked really good. Um, apparently, Kirsten was teaching everyone about like different ways of holding the yarn. Um, so one in your left, one in your right, both in your right, um, different ways to make it work for you. It sounded really interesting. And then we had lunch before we went on our yarn crawl now before i went i was like saying to my roommate julie who's julie of stuff it sucks she's brilliant she was so lovely and i couldn't have asked for a nice roommate so thank you for making it such an enjoyable stay and um, yeah she, she also she sells great yarn and makes great project bags so go check her out at stuff it sucks but i was saying to her okay i'm i have an i have stash at home anyway and I don't want to buy anything maybe apart from needles so I've been wanting to get some interchangeable needles because the needles I use are ones that I've inherited from my granny and they're not they're not great you know they're quite old needles and some are quite heavy um, and not the best quality so I was sort of toying up with needles and what ones to buy and you know if I'm gonna buy anything it's got to be that or it's got to be for projects where I know like I have queued up so I know I took with me like a little notepad of projects and what yarn I need and what needles I need because I, I'm missing some so in in the first shop we went to which was Kathy's Knits I actually didn't buy anything I was quite good 
I was quite good with myself. Um, though I did notice on the shelves, um, it's some yarn called Wensleydale Long Wool Sheep Shop one, and it's 100% wool. And I was like, I've got some of that. I've got it in a charity shop. I've got I've got five skeins of that in the charity shop. So um, I'm actually going to be using that to knit the your your solder teague pattern, which is a blank canvas. So I'm just swatching for that at the minute, along with swatching for two other jumpers. But I'll tell you about that later. Can't tell you about too many of my November goals um, before we get started. But yeah, so we went to Kathy's Knits first, and I didn't buy anything. And I was like, I'm doing well, you know. Um, I didn't see anything like that was perfect, though I did note down some yarns I really liked. I think it was um, the Titus yarn, and it was like this beautiful bluey colourway, if I remember rightly. I've got the picture in front of my hand now, so I can I can tell you. It is the Titus Air by Balram Yu, and it's a 70% British wool blend. 50% uh, Wednesday Dale Longwall, 20% Blue Face Leicester, and 30% UK Alpaca. And um, it is gorgeous. It's 100% British, bun in Yorkshire. And um, yeah, I, considering where yarn comes from, it's something that I actually want to start doing more um, in the future. So that sounds like it's going to be a great thing to start using for future projects. So that's in the pipeline. Um, then after Kathy's Knits, we went to Ginger Twist Studio, and everyone was like, Ginger Twist is really small, um, you know, you, you, you might struggle to fit all of you in there. Uh, we did get us all in there. And I, um, my budgeting uh, kind of went out the window, so Jess manages to dye the most beautiful grey shades I've ever seen in my life. And when you love grey as much as I love grey... <laughs> You, you can't kind of escape there, I don't think. And everything, I mean, all of her colours actually are just beautiful. But her greys just struck me. And on the wall of the shop, I saw that she'd knitted the tambourine cardigan from uh, Pom Pom, which was designed by Julia Fairwell Clay. And it's on the cover of Pom Pom 12. And I saw it and I was like, okay, I need that yarn. Um, yeah, I need that. So I'd already got two copies of Pom Pom in my hand, actually. Um, the autumn edition for this year and the winter, because I'm behind. Um, and then I kind of was looking at the Dove colourway for her... I think it was um, a lighter weight. It was a double knit, and it's worsted that that pattern calls for. And I kind of held it to her and went, Oh, I really love this Dove colourway, and I want to knit that jumper that you've got there. Um, what, how can I like substitute this? And she was like, oh, actually, here's a yarn that I knit that cardigan with. Um, and five skein later, um, I kind of had just bought enough for the cardigan. And I kind of just didn't even look at the price because, you know, it was it was a lot of money. But I know that's going to be like a really treasured jumper. It really will be. And then after that, I kind of went like, oh, you know, I spent money already. So, you know, let's just keep spending money. <laughs> and I ended up I was good this time um, and actually I think I was quite good because I brought yarn for a project and I know what I'm going to knit with it I didn't want to be like the type of person you're grabbing loads of skeins just because they're really beautiful and I actually don't know what I'm going to do with this I'm just going to buy it because it's gorgeous because that's what stresses me out because I know I've already got stuff that needs using and it makes me feel guilty um, but yeah and then when we went to be inspired and that is beautiful um a lot of the knitters were saying that's a, a really great shop. So if you're ever in Edinburgh, you should check out all the shops, actually. They're, they're great. 
and I bought some chalgus while I was in there. I knew I needed a 3.75 millimeter needle and a lot, I, I mean, while I was there, I was talking to knitters about what their favorites are and chalgus came up a few times. So I'm going to try them out and see how I go with them. Um, I think that's what I want to start doing, just trying out a few different brands and seeing what I like and what works for me before I invest in like a big interchangeable set. Uh, so yeah, I bought those and I also bought some yarn. It's the Artisano Nebula range, which is an alpaca, merino and Donegal blend. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's, it's a beautiful like flecked yarn and the colorway I've got is called rhinestone and it is a double knit yarn, I believe. Yes. Yes, I think. Um, but anyway, it's it's really beautiful, and I bought it as a present for Graham because it's like it's like the colours he uses in his illustration. And I think he'll really like it, so I'll probably give that to him for Christmas and just be like, um, we can search Ravelry together, and I'll make you whatever you want from that. Um, which it probably doesn't sound exciting; it doesn't sound like a very good present. But I don't. I know I don't have time to knit him something now, and we. Um, often like I reach of a present so we'll be like oh I'll, I'll kind of I'll make this um I just didn't have time before Christmas um and yeah it's it's beautiful and it feels gorgeous and I really hope he likes it um actually it might be a little bit heavier than double knit um it doesn't I can't see where it says and at the minute yeah I've, yeah it's just great yarn um so yeah the child goose I got and that and then I thought I was done for spending for the weekend um, but I was done with spending for that and then we had a swap and show table and um, where we all sort of drew numbers out of a thing and we all got to take some from a swap table and I got some beautiful hand spun yarn um, I got this black alpaca stuff um, lots of mini skeins all sorts of gorgeous bits and bobs that I am going to have to use up um, yeah it was it was brilliant and then that was that for today. So we sort of then hung around and knitted more. And yeah, it was really great. And then on Saturday was the vendor market. So yeah, there was me like, I'm I'm done with my spending now. I've spent enough. Like, I've got some presents. Um, and then I was lured again, mainly by Julie's store, stuff at Socks. Um, and my mum loves Christmas. My mum loves Christmas so much. She's already done Christmas shopping. Um... And I saw a project bag that was very Christmassy, so I bought that. Um, and then I also bought another project bag for a friend, but she actually sews, so I'm, I might put... She sews and knits, but she doesn't knit as much. Um, I'm going to put some fabric in there for her and maybe a few little mini skeins of stuff. Um, and then I ended up buying some Christmassy notions as well for my mum. She knits a bit, but she mainly crochets, and I don't know if she uses stuff... Um, like notions in her crochet but I know she'll definitely like them anyway to like hang on things and the other thing that I got for her was um it's opal yarn I think yeah Klanger Velton it says on it um opal pullover and sock warm and it's in like a Christmassy colorway so I was originally gonna knit her a pair of socks and then I realized that's not a great idea because then I will have to look at her feet and ask her how big her feet are and she's quite wide footed so it would definitely have to be something that I try on her um, 
So instead, I've decided that I might knit her like a big giant Christmas stocking in the Christmassy yarn. Yeah, it's going to be good. So that that needs to happen soon. Um, so that's going to have to get cast on. I'm going to have to find a pattern actually. So if anybody knows of a good stocking pattern, I know Cece knitted um, lots of stockings recently. So I might have to actually go back a few episodes on the Geeky Girls um, and find out what she used. Someone would get a big Christmas stocking, and like I said, she loves Christmas, so anything Christmassy, she's proper on it. Um, and then I ended up buying more little notions and bits. Um, while we're in the short row class, I ended up using some of um, Sue's stitch markers that kind of remind me of little light bulbs. Um, <laughs> so I, I bought some of them, they're like safety pin ones, um, and I bought a row counter that you wear around your neck and like click every time it's in pale pink so I was like yeah um I bought some earrings and some more blocking pins because oh, I don't think you can ever have enough blocking pins really can you and then yeah that stuff was all from Leslie Taylor the undraped textile artist so I brought lots of her little notion bits and some earrings yeah that she'd made that looked like balls of um, yarn and little sewing thimble freddy bits um so that, all my spending on that day was mainly present buying, apart from the fact that I also bought fibre. I knew I was having a drop spindle workshop, and my mum had given me this drop spindle last Christmas, and I still hadn't used it. Um, I, w I was so desperate to know how to use it though, and the workshop was great. Kirsten of Afia Designs was brilliant with us all. Um, at first I was just really not getting the hang of it, but it's incredible how much you progress each time. My yarn went from being very art yarn um, to being then on the next go quite consistent and on my third go, which I'm sort of just adding to as I go along now, it's getting a lot, lot better and more consistent and more um, same sort of thickness throughout the whole yarn. It's not fine or anything, but it's it's um, enough at the minute and, you know, I'll get finer as I go. Um, so while I was there, I bought fibre from her she sold like little mini packs for I think it was like five six or five pounds and I then ended up buying 12 of everything that was possibly there all the different fibre blends because I thought if I do get into spinning it's a great way to test out what works well for me with my spindle um because I have quite a big spindle um yeah so it was that was great so you know useful stuff useful stuff I'm not going to feel bad about my spending I'm telling myself I'm not I'm not going to feel bad um, yes, yeah, so that was on the market day, and then obviously I had my draft spindle workshop, and then we went into a um, get into Christmas social media workshop with Kate from a playful day, and she just went through all the different social media sites of us and ways to interact and use it better than what we may be doing, and it was really helpful for me actually. Obviously, I record Tink, and I feel like I'm putting it out there, and I'm not getting a lot of response, and sometimes that's quite difficult because. I'm like, is anybody listening to me? Am, am I being heard? But then I'm not interacting with people like I should um, on social media. I'm not really using things effectively, as effectively as I possibly could. And she's talking about like our photography of things like Instagram and how important it is to create a beautiful image. And like, if you go on her Instagram, you can you can tell all of her pictures are very considered. Her whips and blooms um, hashtag that she sort of created is brilliant and I really enjoyed listening to her and it sounds weird I don't know maybe it doesn't sound weird 
it was great to see somebody in the flesh that you've heard for a long time. So I've been listening to a Playful Day for a while and actually I will say that that's probably the reason why I started my own podcast after listening to that. And yeah, it's just nice to see the person. Um, didn't look how I expected. I don't know why. I think when you listen to someone's voice, you like conjure up an image of them in, in your head. Um, and in, in, especially when it's an audio podcast and unless you see loads of pictures of them you kind of just maintain a sort of image in your head I guess like when you read a book and you sort of imagine the character how they look um but that was a great little class and then she held a panel for like podcasters and designers where people who were designers in the group sort of talked about their design experience and and their podcasting and stuff like that and that was really enlightening as someone who wants to get into designing it's interesting to see how creative people feel when they put work out there and what inspires them and why they're motivated to do what they do and I think a lot of creative people share the same sort of doubts and obviously my father's an illustrator so he kind of has to get work from clients and it's very reliant on other people liking what he does and buying it and I guess as a knitwear pattern designer you have the same pressure you put something out there and you you're hoping that someone likes your services and wants to buy and I think all creative people suffer with that oh what if it's not good enough what if people don't like it how's it gonna go and um as I was saying in the podcast it's amazing how quickly we go to the negative of like I put this out there and no one's bought it already and nobody likes it blah 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 or really people may just be busy people may just be doing their own thing and I think hearing that from the podcasting panel was a great thing to sort of realise that, you know, people aren't necessarily hating you <laughs> if you design something and it doesn't get an instant reaction. And um, I came to a realisation when I left uni as well that things take time. Um, they really do everything. I mean, my making process is slow, so it kind of makes sense that everything else is going to be a bit slow and, and if success doesn't come instantly and I, I'm quite okay with that I think um, but yeah it was just really interesting to hear about the designers and and how they approach their working days and and all of that and thank you everybody for, for sharing and telling us about why you do it and you all have beautiful designs like I've, I've got stuff from you now um, and I can't wait to knit it and I will hopefully tell you about it as well because that's what another thing that I talk about is um, people being non-responsive with their designs and stuff. Like you don't realise, um, as I, I, I guess as a knitter, that when you design when you knit someone's pattern, it probably means something to them. I mean, I remember when I knit the uh, pinecone shawl by Carrie Vesterman. I'm actually wearing it now because it's a bit chilly, um, and then she put my photos of it as like a example on the project page on Ravelry I felt so privileged I felt like oh my days I've done something really good um and it's a two-way thing isn't it like um someone in the audience said that but when a designer says to you as a knitter oh your shawl looks your shawl version of my shawl looks great you're like oh thank you um so of course like they must love to get that same sort of praise back I think it is just investing in being in the community and engaging in conversation and it's something that I really struggle with like I find it really hard on Twitter and on like Ravelry and things to approach people and ask people and 
Um, I always feel like I'm sort of taking out of their time, their day, and, like, I don't want to be naggy or, like, fangirly with people. So it's it's a difficult thing to balance, and, it's it, you know, it's, it is hard. And then after that brilliant talk, we had some more fantastic food, and then it was um, another... It was a closing ceremony, we got more prizes. And as we were sitting through... I joked the other day about um, things like with raffle draws and stuff. I'm always the last name, always the last name. And it was true on this occasion. And there was a last name and I won some signature art needles. And they're in a four millimeter needle, which is actually the perfect size for what I need for the tambourine pattern. So I was like, woo! And um, this is probably one of the times where I felt like quite maybe out of my depth as a knitter when people are like they're like the creme de la creme of all knitting needles and I I don't know these things quite yet um obviously like I said I kind of just use my granny's knitting needles and I just make stuff in nice yarn um and although I have just swatched with them as well and they do they are very smooth and very nice to use and the cord very flexible um I will have to report back on them and my chagos at a later date I also have more needles to try and these were from Suffolk Socks. So thank you so much, Julie. Um, I had the Knit Pro Zings, the DPNs, in a 2.5mm uh, and 2.25mm. So great for sock knitting. And then for sock knitting as well, I've got some Addies. Um, they're the ones with the really short sort of um, cable. Perfect for sock making, hopefully. Um, so a 30cm cable in a 2.5. So I've, I'm going to have to try these out as well see how they knit up um i actually learnt knit socks on dpns so i sort of tend to steer towards them um but i do think i want to try and start using circular needles a little bit more and see how it goes and then that was all of the festivities that we did in the palooza and it it was it was actually incredibly incredibly rewarding for a couple of days as i said it was great to be part of a community of people who who got the knitting like I have friends who knit at home but not very seriously and I don't go to a knitting group as I said I think at the start of the podcast so I find it quite um no, I won't say isolating but I do feel like lone knitter in in the Midlands <laughs> and I actually found one of the women at the retreat lives so close to me as well so I'm definitely gonna have to um try and make some effort to meet other people at later dates at other events and stuff as well and yeah, as I said, they're just a really fantastic group of people who are all so supportive and kind and friendly. And I really feel like I got to engage in that amazing community in the, knit, in the knitting world that I hear about so often. So thank you, everybody, for such a great time. CC, Zamaris, Sam, thank you so much for organising it. Thank you, Kirsten, for teaching me things, and Suzanne, and to all the other teachers who put in such hard work to give us some new skills. It it was fantastic, and I I would definitely recommend it. Um, I didn't know what I was gonna feel like going to retreat, um, but it was it was a great couple of days, honestly. And I really hope if they do it again, I can make it. Um, yeah, I work in the school, so I'm not meant to have term time out of um, like not working. And because it was a pre booked holiday, it was different. So I'm hoping if it runs again, I'll be able to make it. I would honestly be gutted if I can't. It was fantastic. Um, 
but now, yeah, after all of that excitement, it's for the November goals and what I have planned for my knitting. This month, I actually don't want to set too many strict uh, hand knitting goals. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't want to set too many very strict goals. I think I'm just going to keep working on stuff as it goes. So I'll tell you about what I've decided to knit. And then, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes over the month. So obviously I've got these summer night socks that need to be finished. And I think I might give them to Graham as a present for Christmas. So they need to get done. And then on the, present, on, on the Christmas present front... I need to sort out what I'm going to make for my little brother, regards the mustard yellow. Oh, I say mustard yellow. It's like a bright mustardy yellow. If if you see Adventure Time and Google Jake the dog, it's that shade of yellow. Um, it is perfect. So I think I may end up doing a hat. Yeah. We'll see. And then I need to try and find a stocking pattern, as I said, for a stocking for my mum, uh, using that beautiful Christmassy colourway. She's going to love it. Um, and I might fill it with some nice goodies for her. My mum's a special lady, so she deserves to be treated at Christmas. Um, I am thinking of half a fruit stocking as well, like knitting a bit that says like mum with some like little fair Riley bits next to it as well. Um, just to jazz it up a bit as well and make it a bit more special. Uh, and as I said, I had the tambourine cardigan by... Uh, Julia Farewell Clay that I am um, just swatched now and it's blocking but then I need to do the swatching for the Isolde Teak Blank Canvas um, jumper and it's a really beautiful fitted like plain staple jumper that will go in anybody's wardrobe and that requires a double knit and that's where I'm going to use that Wensleydale Long Wool Sheep Shop yarn um, and th the colour I've got that is navy so I'm thinking I have, I've made a, that navy checkered, not checkered, chevron dress um, fabric last month. And I'm thinking that, that will go nicely with that. Mm, yeah. And then I also have another cardigan that I want to make, which is from um, an old knitting magazine. I actually bought this at like a wool festival where it had a box of old knitting magazines. And I, I just searched through for ones that I actually like patterns in them. Um, and I found a, it's a Boyfriend Cardi, it's called, by Pat Mentry, M-E-N-C-H-I. But obviously, everything I talk about will be in my show notes. So, you know, just head on over there. It's sometimes easier than trying to take notes or trying to pronounce things correctly because I don't know if I am or not. But anyway, it's like a really nice, cosy, oversized cardigan. And when I was given a lot of wool by a friend who had given me it from her grandma, um, I had loads of four-ply, and I was like, oh, I do not know what I'm going to do with this. Um, but one's like a blue and grey um, yarn, so it's like variated together. Um, in, it's like variated in solid weights, and like totally variated, like goes blue and then grey. It's like there's two strands, blue and grey, and they're twisted. And that's going to form that jumper and this jumper actually has like elbow patches as well um i'm not sure if i'm gonna knit the elbow patches i'll knit the jumper and see how it goes that one's in the flat um and it's just like a plain stockinette thing as well so i'm thinking that might be my sort of easily easy mindless jumper i think the, the older one is in the round so 
it'll actually be my first jumper in the round if it is. If not, uh, you know, there'll be another one another date. I know the pump one it's a cardigan, so you can knit back and forth anyway, you know. So it's not going to be in the round. And then I think that's actually going to be it for knitting this month. Um, I just want to get most of the jumpers blocked. And then I might just sort of flicker between them. I, I try not to do that, actually. I don't like having lots of things on the go. But it feels like it might be good for different times of the day depending on what I want to do um how much concentration I want to play um so the socks are always great traveling it and then I'm thinking of actually leaving one of the jumpers at my mum's house so I tend to go to my mum's every Sunday and then um I take a project normally with me but if I just leave one there to keep sort of slowly working on then that would be great actually and then um it's a less one less project bag that is just around the house to make me feel guilty about all the knitting i'm not doing my main focus this month though like i said is going to be my collaboration with graham so we're going to be working together to make a fair isle um style probably a raglan sleeve jumper on my knitting machine so it's, it's going to be good um like I said, I've not I've not really machine knitted since I've I've graduated. Um and I've not really worked with people in a long time on a project. It, we're very different in terms of style and colour. Graham is a big, big colour fan and I tend to shy away from it a lot. Like the Fair Isle tank I did is like the most colourful thing I think I have in my wardrobe and that's quite muted, I think. Um so yeah, I think that says a lot about me maybe so we need to design the fair aisle charts so we're doing that and then it will go in on the punch card i need to get all the tension squares done and the gauge measurements measure him and then make the garment to fit him um so i'm gonna have to read up on that i have a book actually it is well it's for hand knitting but i'm gonna apply it to machine knitting as well so you can block out um a pattern and machine knit it, it will be quite easy. And it's called Knitting Pattern Essentials Adapting and Drafting Knitwear Patterns for Great Knitwear. Yeah, it's by Sunny, uh, Sally Melville. And I got given this as a Christmas present, and I, I haven't used it actually as much as I should. But it gives you sort of loads of tips on um, how to knit things, how to adapt patterns, how to create your own. It's an interesting book, and I'm guessing it's going to come in really handy uh, for this next month. So, yeah, it's it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited to kind of get involved in the project again. And after coming back from the retreat, I feel really re-inspired and re-in love with the knitting. Um, I, yeah, I just, I feel so happy with everything right now. Um, it sounds a bit cheesy and corny, but I can't wait to just like push myself and embark on this journey. And if you want to follow along and see how things go for me, that would be great. Like I said, you can get in touch with me on um, my social media links through my website. Um, and actually, my website's going through a bit of a change at the minute, so I'm changing blogging hosts. Um, after the chat with Kate, I was talking to her about my blog and how I was trying to keep this schedule of like I've got to blog three times a week and I've got to keep that schedule and I I found it really hard to maintain content for that long and to like force and to say I've got to do it three times a week 
every week, I can't fail, it's really difficult. It's really hard to maintain that when you're trying to work everything else in, in your life in like ill, Ill, Ill days, like when you just, you have no energy and you can't do these things. But she did talk about, you know, preparing yourself at the start of the week and organised and that's something that I really need to keep in mind for myself. Um, so yeah, my website's moving platform. I've been on Tumblr for a while now and I just feel like it's getting a bit redundant for me. It's a very visual based blogging site and at the minute my website's kind of basically just like an extended blog um, until I start sort of doing my own work again that I can slowly start creeping back in there. Um, and yeah, Tumblr is so visual that I just feel like it's like my second Instagram um, and Instagram fulfills like my visual needs. I want a blogging site now where I can write more and I can talk about things more and it's more about like um, more about the written content. I love writing. Um, actually, before I decided to do a creative arts degree, I nearly went and did creative writing. So I just want that opportunity to really talk about things more and ha express things through through words. I think words are like the greatest tools that we have, which probably be surprising for people who are listening because I don't sound very articulate at times when I'm talking to the microphone. Um, but yeah, I just love having that chance to sit and write. Um, it's beautiful. It really is sit and write and read and knit the, you know perfect life and drink tea lots of tea oh great please <laughs> anyway i'm getting distracted but thank you for listening along like i said please get in touch please let me know what you think of the podcast i would love to hear from you so yeah hit me up katherinejane.co.uk links to twitter ravelry instagram there where i am online i would love like i would love to hear from you so please please get in touch I said that about five times now, but it's true. And I hope that November is good for you. Hope you kind of enjoy the chillier weather. I know I'm enjoying wearing my knits more. Like this shawl by Carrie Vesterman. I knitted it and I didn't wear it very often. I'm wearing it all the time now. So there are good, some good things about the cold weather to come. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope it's productive for you. I hope you get some great knitting done, some great making done, sewing, embroidery, crochet, and you enjoy your time. Right, until the next episode, enjoy your making and doing, even if it leads to some undoing.